You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26er family, it's Delisha. Welcome to the December 26er podcast. So happy to be back with you. I must say I am still adjusting to this new schedule. Many people have asked me if I miss the weekly format, if I miss the guests uh, and all that great stuff. And I will say the answer is still yes and no. I say no because this time has really, really been amazing. It's been a period of refocus, of rest, in some ways rehabilitation, if I could use that word as well, and a way to really give some thought to what I would like out of the show, what I would like out of my own life. Uh, It's been a time of reconnection in a way that I I just didn't have the time for before. So from that perspective, I do not miss the weekly format, but in other ways I do, right? And the show was such a great platform for getting to know people and bringing their stories uh, to the public and our small 26er community. And it was so easy to find somebody online or be introduced to someone or hear about them. And they have a brand or talents or a journey that I find intriguing and sending them an email or a DM and saying, Hey, do you want to be on the show? Uh, and more often than not, people would agree. And so it was a great vehicle to inspire others and bring what I consider really important stories to light. Even if these people are not famous, uh, putting their story out there and giving them a platform for that. So I have had moments, especially in some things that have happened in recent weeks where I'm like, oh, it would be great to talk to that person about that. Uh, But I have not had those moments in a way that have driven me to change what we're doing right now. It feels really good uh, to not be on this weekly schedule. And it's given me some time to really think about what I want next out of my life, out of the show, uh, et cetera. So, and, you know, as we've mentioned in the past, Demarcus and I, when we've done duo episodes is it's not just the hours you get back from recording the show and releasing the episode. It's the hours that you get back from everything that it takes in pre-production from the time you make that initial contact with someone to getting them booked, to doing the research, to prepping for the interview, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So to get all that time back has given me space, space to unpack some things, space to think about a lot of ideas, space to focus on other things that are important, and even space to rethink the future of the show. Uh, We're not going anywhere. This is not a paring down to completely discontinue, Um, but it has been a rest to reset kind of thing. And much of my life has felt like that lately. If you have read about or, or, or watched the last few Monday morning moves, even though I've been on a break, uh, kind of a break for the last couple of weeks, you notice that there's a theme and that theme is really around rest. It hasn't been around productivity. Um, it's resting to start strong and rest, resting to get through your week strong and taking the breaks that you need. So today's uh, topic is kind of related, believe it or not. And if you have listened to these solo episodes in the past, you know that they are a bit, not even a bit, a lot unscripted. I sort of walk in with a theme or an idea and just press record and unpack that with a couple of ideas in my head. And for someone who lives for being overly prepared, it's still something that I am adjusting to. But after having done this show now for four and a half years, One thing I know for sure is that some of the most beautiful moments come out of spontaneity and just being open to wherever the conversation takes you. That's a little bit easier when you have another person who's recording with you. Um, But 
I firmly believe that there are beautiful moments that happen out of these solo episodes too. So let's get into it. Uh, Today, I want to talk about the concept of time. And I know there's a lot of focus on that right now, primarily because we have lost, we may feel like we have lost two plus years to this pandemic and life has been radically different for all of us. And we're finding some sense of normalcy, I guess, even though it's not really over. Uh, So people are thinking about time from that perspective, the time that they've lost. I think people are also feeling like time is moving at warp speed. I know I am. I can't believe we are almost in July. And I definitely have those moments of panic where I'm thinking the years are going to be over. And then what, right? It's just, I feel like it accelerates every single year. So when you think about those things, and particularly, I think people who are in my age bracket or around my age bracket, I think the effects of time moving so quickly and the effects of losing two years can feel, make you feel like you're even more behind on life. And that's what I want to address. And maybe you had those feelings before, I don't know. But I know for me, turning 40 after losing sort of the last two years of my 30s to not only the pandemic, but some really, really Uh, difficult life moments and life events, I definitely walked into my birthday feeling like, wow, like I'm grateful for what my life is and what I've been able to accomplish even during the the pandemic and how I've been able to move forward, but also feeling like, ooh, you know, before I know it, I'm going to be 45 or I'm going to be 50. And thinking about the last two years of my 30s, how difficult they were uh, and how they impacted sort of my ability to progress and produce. But I feel like I have worked through that in a lot of ways. I'm still working through it in some aspects, but I wanted to talk about this because I feel like a lot of people are struggling with this and it's hard to overcome. And I don't know that we ever overcome that feeling of thinking, oh, or feeling I, I'm I'm behind, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, particularly for the 26er type of personality. And I say that because just by our very nature, we are overachievers and we are always striving for the next milestone. We do not hold ourselves to normal human standards most of the time. Uh, We expect to get there fast and to get there early. Whatever the milestones are, we always want to beat the clock. We always want to beat the world record. So what other people on the outside looking in may see is just you living a normal life and thriving. For you, you may feel like, I thought I would be so much farther by now. And so if you're not careful, those feelings can lead to depressive episodes. It can lead to self-loathing. It could lead to feeling like a failure in some ways. It could lead to feeling like you're not going to manifest the life that you want. Uh, And when you wallow in those things, those feelings, I think, become more and more intense. And if you're not careful, they can overtake you. So how do we beat it? How do we beat those feelings of I'm not where I'm supposed to be, or I am not where I, I, I think I should be or where I want to be. And that's what I want to unpack. And just based on my own experiences, as you all know, I don't consider myself any kind of guru or like I've had this whole thing figured out, but I do like to take the lessons that I've learned and pass them on so that you could potentially glean something from them. And that's all this, this is about. And as usual, I'm, I'm just freestyling. So hopefully it works out. But first and foremost, I think what's really important is to divorce yourself from this idea that you even can be behind. And 
that probably sounds uh, just way too straightforward, but in my mind, when I think about it, or overly simplistic, when I think about this, feeling behind that very concept in and of itself implies that there is some strict schedule that we all have to be on. Some societal imposition that says you have to accomplish this by this point in your life and that by that point in your life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And for those of us who've taken a really, really traditional path, you expect that if you do certain things and if you invest in your life and in yourself in a certain way, that life is going to meet the desires of your heart, right? Or meet your expectations in return. And that does not always happen. And so when you have moved through life that way, and I'll just speak for myself, I've gone to schools and I've worked in in jobs where I am surrounded by people who move like that. Like the, the idea is that of course things are going to work out for me. And of course they're going to work out in a certain time frame because I have set my life up that way. I've set my life up to check the boxes in lockstep. And so when you've been in those environments and it's happening for a large majority of the people that you consider your peers or former classmates or coworkers, it can make you feel even worse. And for those who did not take that path and instead maybe have chosen the non-traditional route a lot of times people don't understand you. So from that perspective, you can be feeling the effects of not being, not moving in lockstep in the same way, just as viscerally. So for different reasons, but the same output. So the first step really is to just separate yourself from this idea. And I know it's hard to do, particularly here in the US, because we all want the American dream and we all want it to happen in a certain time frame. And when it doesn't, you can that ego will tell you you've done something wrong or you failed or you are failing at this thing called life. And so it's really important to work hard to reject those social norms uh, because the reality of it is your story is your story. And the next thing I'm going to say, which I think is really important to, to really mitigate those feelings of being behind may sound counterintuitive, may sound a little crazy, but I firmly believe it. Take a look back, look back at your life. And I know the cliches say, forget about the past, live with no regrets, just keep moving forward. But I think often why many of us feel like we are not where we're supposed to be, or that life is moving too slow for us, or we're not accomplishing things in the way that we should be at this time is because we are not thinking about the baggage that we're carrying. And if you listen to the show and you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know that we are firm, firm believers that you've got to unpack how you were socialized as a child. You have to unpack the things that have happened to you. You have to unpack the decisions that you've made, good, good, bad, or otherwise. And it's not just about compartmentalizing and shoving those things at the back of your mind and moving forward. It's very much about figuring out how that may play into how your life has unfolded your behavior patterns, your thought patterns, your negative outlook maybe, or your inability to produce at a high level, or your need to give yourself a little bit more grace. All of those things matter. And if you haven't taken stock of what has happened to you and how it has impacted you, oftentimes it will continue to impact you because the wound hasn't healed properly. And so it's a, it can be a painful process. It can be a difficult process and it requires shining a spotlight on some things that may be wholly your fault. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Uh, but if you can process that stuff and heal from it, you might feel more empowered as you move forward and make more progress than you ever thought you could. And this next 
tip or tool that I want to give is actually closely related to that. And that is consider your own mitigating factors. I know we are in the social media era and I know it's like totally cliche to talk about this, but we are living in a time where everything is about comparison because people's lives are on front street, right? Center stage all the time. You cannot log into social media and not see what's going on with people, major life events or whatever vignettes they choose to show you. And I don't know about you all, but I definitely have had that experience where I'm feeling great. I feel like life is good. I'm in a good place. And I log into social media and I see some major thing that has happened to someone. They've bought their next mini mansion. They've had another child. They've gotten a big, big job with a chief in the front of it, an officer on the end of it. Or they've just done something that, from my perspective, is much bigger and grander than anything that has happened in my life. And that can make you feel a little bit or a lot down on yourself. But what we never consider uh, in those situations, and it's easy not to consider it because we just live in a time now where people's stories are reduced to sound bites or reduced to the highlights. So what we don't consider is the leg up somebody might've had to get there or what they've had to give up or contend with to get there. Uh, so when I say consider the mitigating factors, I'm talking about that in two, in two ways or from two different perspectives. First and foremost, consider that you don't know what someone is going through, what has gone, what they have gone through to get to that point or what they haven't had to go through. I remember when I was in building my law practice and I had a couple of other solo attorneys or small law firm attorneys that I knew. And they were, from my perspective, like killing it. And I was like, man, I'm doing all right. Like, you know, my bills are paid. The office rent is paid, but I'm not having the experience that they are. And I thought I was doing something wrong. I was like, okay, I'm messing this up. I got to figure it out. And I actually had, it wasn't really planned, but I had conversations with those two individuals. And what I found out from one is his father, who was also a lawyer, had bankrolled his entire practice and was a silent partner. And not only that, had basically served as a funnel or a feeder for all of the big clients he was getting. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, you've got to, not only do you have a serious leg up, but you have a built-in cash flow, built-in capital infusion, and you have a built-in Rolodex that I don't have. And so I, I thought about his situation. I'm like, okay, clearly that's not me. I don't have that. Then I was thinking about the other lawyer that I knew. And I'm like, well, that's not his story. He doesn't have a rich dad or uncle who's bankrolling him. And he's still you know, making it happen. So uh, coincidentally, I had a conversation with him. And we started talking about cash flow because here's what people really don't tell you when you go out <laughs> into entrepreneurship. It doesn't matter what area you're in, you will have an account receivable problem. It doesn't matter if you serve entities or individuals, there will be some clients who just don't pay their bills on time. Even if you feel like they have the money to pay it, or it's a company with a full accounting department, it happens. And so you could find yourself in a cash flow problem, even if you're in what people consider a high revenue, high income field. And so I was having this conversation with him, and I'm like, You've got these lawyers working for you. You've built this practice. You've opened up a bigger office. Like, how are you doing all of this? And he disclosed to me that there were a couple of lawyers who he knew who were partners who were really established and had been doing this twice as long as him, who was essentially front-loading or fronting him money when his clients weren't paying on time. 
So he had a full line of credit that was like $50,000 or something that he was allowing, they were allowing him to draw from. That wasn't my story either. And so I realized that behind the curtain, people may have resources or have something that's accelerating their journey that you just don't have access to. And so it's impossible to reduce your experiences to a one-to-one comparisons with someone else without knowing all the circumstances. And even if they do have the same circumstances as you, and they've somehow managed to accelerate their lives faster than you have, okay, that's their story. That's not yours. Which leads me to the second half of this, of the other perspective of considering the mitigating factors. I have spent a lot of time in the last couple of years really unpacking the life that I have led. And that is from childhood to young adulthood, to building out my career, uh, to going back to school, to being a lawyer, all of those things. And when I started to think about everything that I have had to overcome to get to this point, my conversation shifted from, wow, I thought I'd be farther right now, to, you know what? I'm killing it. I am incredibly resilient. I've had to overcome a lot. And in the, the face of a lot of challenges, I am still delivering and I'm still producing. And for the life that I have had and the things that I have experienced, you know, the textbook would probably tell you that I, I shouldn't be here, right? The probability of me being at the, the level that I, I'm at based on, you know, what history says about the generations that came before me, socioeconomic circumstances, the things that I've experienced, even in the last couple of years, you would think that I would not be able to produce at this level. And I am convinced, just because I know the kind of people that listen to this show, if you took stock of the mitigating factors in your life, your perspective may change from what is going on with me, why am I uh, not doing more, to, wow, I've achieved this much in my life in spite of, in spite of what I've had to overcome, in spite of what society or statistics say I should be, in spite of the daily challenges, whatever it is. There are things that have tried to inhibit our growth. And if you've been able to produce and grow, even if it's not at the rate that you thought you would, in spite of those things, you've won. Congratulations. Like, I'm going to say you're killing it too. And uh, it may sound trite, but we do not extend enough grace to ourselves for getting up every day, being there for our families, being there for our friends, showing up at work, doing a good job, serving our communities, whatever it is for living a life that we could really be proud of in spite of everything that has occurred or everything that has happened or maybe the wrong decisions we've made in the past, even if it's on us. So I think it's important to shift focus and give more credence to those factors that may have inhibited you from maybe accelerating at the pace that you thought you would. Um, And then the other thing is, you know, I want to say this and I'm thinking about the way to say it, but whatever. I'm just going to put it out there and, and hopefully it lands correctly. Part of not feeling like you've been left behind is being happy for other people. And you may be saying like, what? Like, what do you mean? Or I don't know how to do that. When when they when they have what I want or, you know, their their life is moving at a pace that mine is, mine is not, sometimes my genuine feeling is that I want to be happy for them. I'm trying to be happy, but it's triggering something inside of me. And here's what I know to be true. And I'll say this at least for my community and the people that I know and the the target demographic for this show. We're not jealous people. We're not jealous of the life that someone else has. We're not jealous of the job they've gotten or the home they live in. Most of us, maybe you'd be like, you might be saying like, 
That's not how I feel, D. But I just know for most people, that's not the case. What you're feeling is not jealousy or envy. What you're feeling is even a more intense yearning for your life to fall into place in the way that you would like it to, as theirs has. That's really what's going on, right? You see their life unfolding at a pace or with such grandeur, and you're like, wow, that's amazing for them. And I just want the same thing for myself. I want my dreams to be realized or the life I envision for myself at 10 or 15 or age 21 or age 30 to be here. And it's not that. And so it can lead to feelings of what feels like forced happiness or forced congratulations to others. And sort of as an outgrowing of that, you start to feel even worse for yourself. And I will say the only way to get to a point where you are genuinely happy for other people is to be genuinely happy in your own life. And I think, you know, we are trying to push past those feelings of sadness, right? Or in the alternative, the other extreme is we're wallowing so far in them that we are all consumed. And when you're consumed by your own unhappiness, it's impossible to be genuinely happy for someone else. And so how do you get there? How do you get happy with your own life? You you have to start create thing, create start creating things that bring joy to you and bring light. You have to find ways to let the light in. And sometimes we wait for the big wins or we wait for the big achievements or the big milestones for that light to come in. And you can find light every day. You can find light in the smallest of things, right? And so for me, how I've been letting the light in is if you follow me online, you know, I've gotten really serious about health and wellness. And that was really driven out of a lot of things that were happening in my life and in my body where I was almost forced to. But now that I'm in it, it brings so much joy. Even though it's so hard, the results bring so much joy to me that I feel good about myself. I feel good about my choices. I feel productive. Even if the rest of my day doesn't go as planned, the fact that I know that I have created time and space to be the best best physical version of me that I can be. It's actually helping my mental state, my emotional state, all of that. So for me, letting the light in is that it's focusing on some other passions that I had put by the on the back burner, even if it means I can only focus on them for 10 minutes a day and more to come on that at a later time. Um, but those are ways that I let the light in. And the more I let the light in, the more I felt better about the life that I have today. Even if it's not Uh, all-encompassing and in totality, the life that I thought I would have, there are moments of joy. There are moments of peace. Every day I can carve out time that I say, I did what was best for me and I did things to better myself and improve myself today. And what that means is I am living in a constant state of forward movement, even if it's in small doses, even if it's not by leaps and bounds, I am moving in the right direction. And the more you find those pockets to invite that joy into your life, the better you will feel about you. And whatever you focus on multiplies. We've, we've, I've said that before on this show, whatever you give your energy to, that is what's going to grow. So if everything for you and your entire focus is about what you don't have and how things have not turned out correctly, or they're not falling in the right way for you in the way that you thought they would, that's what's going to be magnified. And it's actually going to be exacerbated by looking from the out, from the inside out to these other folks who you feel like are having a much better life experience than you. But what I have found is that the more 
joy that I hold on to in my own life, despite you know all of it, despite all the things that don't feel so great, the more joy that I feel. And the more joy that I feel for myself, the more joy I have for other people. Even if my joy for them is for the big wins, right? I could be having joy for myself for the little wins and still feel great about the big wins for them. So be happy for other people, but to get there, you got to be happy for yourself first and find the joy. The next tool I want to talk about, which I think is very, very important and is closely aligned with the prior tool, and that is to start saying no more and to set better boundaries. Again, going back to this community of December 26ers and our personalities, I don't know a lot of 26ers who are feeling behind, but just sitting around doing nothing. The problem is generally not a lack of action or a lack of productivity. It's often that that action and productivity are in areas that we don't want them to be in. And what I have found in in my own experiences and in other people's experiences who are similarly situated is that we are unfulfilled, but our lives are full. The problem is they're just full with the wrong thing. They're full of the wrong focus and obligations. And we feel overextended, stretched to capacity, like we're there for everyone else. Our, our, our personal needs and wants are last on the list. And so what's happening is not only are you feeling bad about you know not necessarily making strides in the things that matter to you, you might build up a resentment because you're pouring out so much and you're so tired but for what? For a life that you didn't sign up for? Uh, So when I say set better boundaries and start saying no more, part of what finding joy is all about and part of what feeling like making progress is all about is setting the appropriate boundaries to have the space in your life to recreate it in the way that you, you want to. And I have been in the past a notorious yes woman, putting my needs to the side for whatever it is that someone needs for me or whatever they want, even if it's, from my view, not urgent, just feeling like I needed to meet other people's expectations and not wanting to disappoint. Uh, And even when I did put myself first, I would deal with extreme guilt, guilt about disappointing others. And that honestly, I think ties, it goes hand in hand with that high achieving perfectionist December 26th or personality. We have lived our lives from childhood, usually with being the model student, the model employee, even if you're a late bloomer with respect to your December 26 or ways, maybe if you, as you found your path as an adult, you're so used to juggling all the balls and doing it well and meeting people's needs and always showing up, always being there for everyone, being the dependable, reliable son, daughter, friend, sibling, coworker, employee, whatever you want to call it, that we have learned to feed off that adulation uh, of pleasing others in a way where we are being depleted and picked off little by little by little. And all the things that you felt pressure to do start to feel like a burden in a way where you have no space left for your needs. And you look up one day and you say, God, you know, not only is this not the life that I thought I would I would have, but I don't even have time and space for myself in it. And so I had to do a lot of reprogramming and deprogramming to stop seeing, putting myself first as such a negative and selfish thing. And I can tell you, if you look at anybody that you consider either an icon or a role model, be it on a professional or public stage, or just people who you know personally who are creating the life life that they want at 
a ridiculously fast pace, to some people, they may appear as self-absorbed or selfish. It's inevitable. Like if you are moving through life, doing what you need to do to create the life that you want, and you are rabid about it and hyper-focused, you are going to let people down. It's just the probability of that is so high that it's just inevitable. There's no way you can meet other people's needs and wants all the time and create the life that you want. That's not how it happens. You have to be uh, a bit self-focused at least some of the time. So part of shifting that energy, if you feel like you are behind the eight ball in some way, or like, oh my God, you know, I, I feel like the walls are closing in on me. And on top of it, I'm just unhappy with the life that I have, but it's left me so depleted that I have nothing left to really start to recreate it. The first point uh, you have to do, the first thing is to start redrawing those borders and boundaries. You really have to say, okay, in what ways do I need to reconfigure my life so that I'm empowered to say no? I am empowered to turn the focus inward to myself and what it is that I need and want. And the ability to do that and the pace at which you can do it and the level at which you can do it is really going to be driven by your own personal circumstances. That that answer for a wife and a mother or a husband and father may be different for a single person. Or the answer might be different for someone who's in a senior role with the whole team under them versus you know someone who's a little bit earlier in their career uh, who doesn't have as many responsibilities or eyes on them. It varies for each of us, but conceptually it remains the same. If you want to start to feel more fulfilled, draw the line in the sand and say, I'm carving out this time to focus on the things that I need in my life to feel like I am a priority on my own journey. And I'm making time and space for the things that matter to me. And the more you do it, the more you'll feel better about it over time. And the more people will start to respect those values and and the decisions that you've made and respect those boundaries. And I will tell you in the beginning, it'll be a shock to the system. It'll be a shock to the people who are expecting you to be readily available all the time. And it'll be a shock to you that not only you've done it, but as you sort of work through the aftermath of that, because when you set this dynamic with the people in your life, be it work or personal, it becomes a knowing that they have, like a confident knowing that if everybody else lets them down, you won't, and you'll go to the ends of the earth to meet their needs or wants. And when that changes, it's human nature to be like, wait, what? Like what's happening here? This is not who I know you to be. And why are you not doing what I want you to do or what I expect of you? And there are very few people on this planet who know how to make that adjustment immediately if they've had a different experience from you. Some people will respect it, Others will not. So, but stick with it. It's very important. And those boundaries will become cemented the longer you do it. And people will realize, oh, he or she is just not available in the way that they used to. And I've gotten really adept at setting the expectations firmly. If you mean no, just say no. Don't say, I'll think about it. Let me get back to you. Look people square in the eyes or Type it out in no uncertain terms. I am unavailable for what you need from me right now. Or you set the expectation, I don't have the capacity. It's going to take me some time, but I will get to it in this time frame when I can. And the more you do that, the easier it gets, but the more you find the joy in putting yourself first in a way that you haven't in the, in the past. And it just becomes easier and easier and easier and easier. So these are the things that I've worked on in my life, uh, particularly as a large focus over the last year, probably, I'm still adjusting. But what I have found is that I feel so much better about where I am 
even if it's not where I thought I'd be, even if it's not uh, at the same stage as some other people in my life, I am creating and have created a life that I can feel good about. And I've done it in spite of everything that was thrown in my way. And so if you are listening to this and feeling like, man, I look around and all of this is different than what I wished for or imagined for myself. Again, first and foremost, divorce yourself from the concept of some strict schedule that you have to be on. Take a look back at what has happened in your life that may have gotten you to this point and what you can change and what you can deal with and what you can heal from that will allow you to move forward from a healthier space and a more productive space. Consider your own factors that have been obstacles in the way and things that you have had to overcome in spite of and pat yourself on the back. When you see those people on social media who are making the grand announcements, remind yourself that you have no idea what they had to give up or the ways in which they had a leg up to get there and stop comparing your story to theirs. Be happy for yourself so that you can be happy for other people. And last but certainly not least, set those boundaries and learn how to say no so your life is no longer full of the things that you don't want and so that you can make the space for the things that you do. Once again, we have freestyled this episode. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Like I said, be on the lookout for some for some more micro content that we're working on and some things that we're doing uh, to keep our digital footprint growing. Um, and I'll be doing some stuff on the personal brand side as well. But for those of you who get these notifications when we drop an episode, I appreciate you. We appreciate you supporting this new format. I hope you are getting something out of it. And let me just say this. I have been talking about things that I'm inspired by or that are going on in my life um, that I feel may be timely. But if there are subjects that you want me to cover, send me a note. You can reach me at info at December26er.com or just send a DM to the December 26er IG, and I will most certainly consider that. I welcome ideas of how to spend this time with you when it's just me and the December 26er audience. But when you're done doing all of that, and when you're done liking and sharing and telling somebody else about this episode, do one more thing. Remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.